1: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander.
2: The Around the NFL podcast wants the Giants to go all the way. Welcome the g
1: to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room that's filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan.
3: Let's calm down with wanting the Giants to go. Yeah. Well, never forget two seasons ago. I almost correctly predicted the Giants and the Chargers to square off in the Super Bowl. The Giants proceeded to go about three and thirteen with a human <laughs> disaster known as Eli Manning. Well, I would call him
4: a human disaster. Well, it
3: seems like a nice on-field mess.
1: Uh, yes, we all remember that, Mark. We have <laughs> no, you don't. Here we are, week five, already in like what's seventy-two plus twenty-four. 96. 90 in 90 something. 96 hours or so. We will be uh, on a plane to London. Uh, but right now, our mind is strictly focused on the action ahead in week five. Uh, a little later tonight, you're going to get Rams at Seahawks recap from me and the Sizzler um, from Hansus Manor. Um. I believe my friend Bob demanded if we're going to use the throwback equipment for these late night hits, that it has to be called the Throwback Podcast Studio. That was his <laughs> Well, I'm sure it was to
3: hard them. to twist your arm within the first <laughs> minute of the show to get the name of your other podcast in, and then it will happen another <laughs> seven or eight times on our separate Thursday night show as well.
1: Well, people are asking whatever happened to the Heat and the Light podcast. Where is your vanity project?
3: We were split accessing? apart by fate. My my partner A, (laughs) works at a different company. And I mean, but that wasn't
1: an NFL property. It it
3: was not. It ended before
5: he left. But
3: the actual the the uh, the technology platform that we used to to do it melted down. It was a startup of sorts, and it stopped starting up. So there went the show.
1: But you got to overcome those things. I'm sure there was another startup that launched in its place.
3: Yeah, it was called Connor's Child, and the, like my two children becoming more. You know, I don't. I excuses. also I don't need I don't excuses. need a second project and a third project. I feel perfectly happy with this one. All right, more good. focus on this show.
1: Oh, I like that. All right, so yes, you, you got that going on. Uh, but now we're going to focus on the rest of the Week Five matchups, and again, um... okay, thirty-two teams. Do those teams on by? Those games are previewed Tuesday. Twenty-eight teams. Divide by two. Fourteen teams to talk about.
5: Games to talk about. Some bangers too. Good got, week. Got about four. You like this? Got about five bangers and some lesser ones. But it's like the same math. The good teams are concentrated in the <laughs> same games.
1: they are by, the bye weeks get. There's more teams on bye next week. Well, plus the Dolphins are on a bye, so that's nice. That's good. So we're going to do a draft, as we do every week here. Uh, and, Mark, we have gone around the horn and back to you now uh, with the first overall p- pick. Don't Eric Fisher it.
3: <laughs> well, I was you know, I was lambasted for picking Jaguars-Broncos last Lambasty. week, and it ended up being a fantastic game. game. And I'm going use to continue to use my human senses that completely ignore this mass think. I don't really care what you guys think about my pick. My number one pick is a showdown between two expansion teams from 1996. And I could not be more excited to watch this matchup between the Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers, two quarterbacks that I've been interested in, two very resilient teams. I love... Both of these clubs obviously lost their starting quarterbacks, and you could have easily written off the Jaguars. You could have written off the Panthers, who two weeks ago when they got knocked off by the Buccaneers, we were watching this at Wes's house, I thought the Panthers and their coaching staff were kaput. But two weeks later, three weeks later, they look good. And I cannot detach myself from the experience of Gardner Minshew, but not just him as the Jaguars quarterback, but really the way they won that game in Denver on the road. I don't care if the Broncos are 0 and 8. That's a tough place to go. Assuming people still fill the stadium, they were down 17 to three, and the Broncos in a game they were their season on the line had set the table 17 to three against the Jaguars, had them where they wanted them. The Jaguars were like 0 for six. On uh, third downs to open the game, they were they were five sacks on Gardner Minshew is getting tossed and turned. They come out of halftime after a Big Joe Flacco interception and absolutely ground the Broncos into dust with Leonard Fournette emerging from total a wall status. They tired out that defense on the road and it set up Gardner Minshew's final drive, and he did some things on that on that drive, and in other drives in that game that are next level, he showed up at number one on Daniel Jeremiah's rookie rankings so far. Dan, I know that's not an article you will read, but it is an important article if you're <laughs> tracking rookies, and I cannot wait to say how Carolina's defense in Carolina tries to deal with Gardner Minshew, and if Leonard Fournette can play the way he's still playing, and on the other side of the ball, you have an MVP candidate in Christian McCaffrey, so there's a lot to like in this game.
4: I think... I don't know how bad Jalen Ramsey's back injury is, and I've been pretty quiet on the issue, but he's got a loose face here if he's healthy. He's wanted. He's embraced by the organization. His teammates are coming through. They have played exciting games the last two weeks. They're winning. Come on, man. Play football on a good Mm.
1: team. Come back and play football. It should be noted that part of that comeback against the Jaguars last week by the Broncos was that Jalen Ramsey's replacement was getting roasted in that game, and he had a target on his back all game. <laughs> and and yeah, maybe this is a real back injury for Jalen Ramsey. But I really like. But I don't think it is. Um. And I I really like Shad Khan coming out on Wednesday. Uh, the the Jaguars owner telling the Associated Press. Uh, that it's the best thing for the Jaguars to hold on to Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to read a little bit of his quote. Obviously, football is a team sport, and I'm sensitive to what individual insight or viewpoint or request there might be, but we have to do the right thing for the team. We value the value that Jalen adds to us, to the Jaguars. I think we value him highly, and we'll see. There is, and we're going to get to another player a little bit later in the show, um, on the Vikings, that is unhappy and looking to play his way or not play his way out of town. And I think if Jalen Ramsey is truly hurt, he's truly hurt. If he's not, it's a disgrace that he's not playing right now. And it's the wor- what kind of teammate would do this? I, I just, it's way on my radar, way on my radar, and has been since day one.
5: I, I, every player, on some level, plays through injury. So maybe it's something where you're not playing. Who, who knows? Even trying to guess. Like his level of injury when it comes to back is is tricky, but I think it was smart of shot Connor to of the do point it. Of the There's account. a report that from Jason Luck and Fora that they turned down two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey. So what's the yeah. harm? What, and if you're shot Connor, what's the rush? Too the trade deadline's a month away. You're it's only in in a world where this is still a problem three weeks from now. You know the trade offers are only going to get better. And you don't have to take them, but you can listen. I mean, if they start getting really wild, maybe it becomes a Laramie Tunzel situation where you have to take it. But they need him this week because they're playing another good uh, second-year quarterback who came out of nowhere. Kyle Allen passes the eye test. I think him and Gardner Minshew passed the eye test. I think if they played their first two games, you know, Kyle Allen's a second-year player, but if, you know... If Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold played like this for their first two games a year ago, everyone would be going crazy. Kyle Allen really, I think, has the tools and can make every throw, and he's shown that, that he's had a fumbling problem. That that needs to be fixed. But
3: I look at him, and he looks legit. It doesn't seem like a fluke. One of those fumbles came off of J.J. Watt getting pushed away from Kyle Allen Puts the arm out and does something only J.J. J. Watt can do, and almost any quarterback would have lost the ball in that situation. But that's the difference. Minshew has also been extremely safe with the football, and that for a Jaguars team, I mean, it's been invaluable.
5: With while well, throwing in a, a few nice deep throws, but this is the toughest game for him. Uh, on the slate so far. They're fourth in the league in DVOA pass defense or something in that Carolina sauce with between Buffalo and the Panthers with that scheme that they have, that they're better as a group than they really are individually. Shaq Thompson, their linebacker, is playing out of his mind right now. Rivera's big move to suddenly go to a 3-4 after seven years is looking great. They lose one Short for the year and they're still playing fantastic. I think it's a tough one. Rivera
3: will be coaching there 76 years from now as an extremely old Individual. Big
4: big test for Carolina secondary against DJ Chark, who has made the leap and is starting to give off Jordy Nelson vibes as a boundary re- boundary receiver.
1: Uh, let us move on. A battle of winless teams in Cincinnati, the Arizona car. Oh, I got caught up in the old style.
3: But you know what? You reminded us how much how much better this new style is. That's good. It's total you should just drama. take I feel that. Like, yeah, you have to take it now. You should just draft
5: now. the Cardinals Bengals. Who's Who's no. next
3: in the draft? Well, Greg, it's you, Greg. Right?
5: So there you go. Okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs> take the Bengals Cardinals.
5: No. I'm, okay. I'm not gonna That's do fine. that. I will take the uh, the Buccaneers.
1: Searsucker suit for Greg Rosenthal today, by the way.
3: Heading to New Orleans. Can we not have that conversation right yeah, now? I don't think it's seersucker. Searsucker.
5: Not
1: officially, but it, it looks like that. I'm not going to argue the point anymore. Um, Had a German roommate when I lived in Hollywood 10 years ago that was auditioning for a role. He was an aspiring actor, and he was told by his manager, you need to work on your American accent. And uh, he was like, all right, okay. Because it was very thick, his German accent. Uh, so he would go into his room for hours at a time, uh, working on his accent. And um, the day before his big audition, uh, he comes out of the room after hours of studying. And uh, we're like, Are you ready for this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, you want to run the lines that you're going to have to read? And he's uh, like, okay, okay. And then the first thing out of his mouth was, yes, I'm here wearing my Sears
0: Sucker suit.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, that is, that does sound sound like a Midwestern man." So we tried to let it. We told him he was great uh, because he, he was a very part. nice guy. I liked him. He did not get the role. So well, that's the that's the Hollywood
5: way. It, people telling you that they're great, you're great. <laughs> And that was uh, just the Don't friend. mean any yeah. of it. I don't know why that's the way. Why? Did, that it's
1: an uphill anyone. climb. Why is he pursuing because the? the who, unless you're anyone. like
3: like a, a ten out of ten male looks, why are you getting that role? He was. was he was a very
1: good looking guy, and he was. The role I, was just a man who walked around telling people about his suit. <laughs> <laughs> it, the the point was, we could have been honest and been like, "That's terrible," but there was nothing he was going to be able to do. He was going to go to that At audition that point, in the yeah. morning. Yeah, you don't want to. And it he was going to build him up. Fail in the audition, sure. and then. Go back to Germany, which is what he did eventually.
3: (laughs) Hard lessons in Hollywood. All right. Well, Greg's wearing a Sierra Soccer suit. Uh,
5: Oh, you know, speaking of overseas, the Buccaneers are going to be headed to London Mm. uh, next week with us, and we're going to be watching the battle of first place after Kyle Allen, you know, ends Minshew Mania and after Jameis Winston goes to New Orleans uh, and uh, gets a nice little road upset in a game where I don't think either team's going to be able to run the ball very much. The Buccaneers have the best run defense in the league right now 2.9 yards per attempt. You can just see it when when you see their front line. They're going to be tough to run against. Which passing game do you trust more? It's weird to trust Jameis Winston, but I'm taking the guy with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, both on pace for over 1,450 yards right now. And I'm not trusting a Saints offense that has been under 300 yards three straight weeks. You can't keep winning games like that. I like the Bucks.
4: I re-watched the Saints-Cowboys and had a really good, Appreciation for how good the Cowboys defense was. Absolutely. And how Bridgewater threw better than I expected. He threw pretty well. His ball placement was good. And it's tough to win in New Orleans. I've picked against them two weeks in a row, and I'm not the one at a third week.
3: I at the, I wrote upset special at the top of this because after watching the Bucks against the Rams, and it wasn't perfect, I thought Chris Godwin produced one of the better wide receiver showings of the entire year. I think he can do everything. And Bruce Arians talked him up and fantasy heads went nuts over him. And it's one of the times when it's actually, it it played out against the Rams entirely. The Saints front seven is, their line is so nasty. I don't think that you even try to run. The Bucks remind me a little bit of when we talk about like an air raid type attack. They were doing some of that against LA, like to the point where I don't want to – I'm not going to call the Cardinals air raid over mm. what the Bucks do when they go all out with their passing game, and they've got better weapons than almost any team in the league when you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver. And when when they need a run, Ronald
5: Jones is looking pretty good.
1: Yeah. You know, he's, he
5: making, great. he's making people miss. Make, not, not a not good gonna, matchup.
4: He outplayed the 2017 Offensive Player of the Year in last week's game. Mm. What
1: do you guys think about Teddy Bridgewater so far?
2: Eh.
4: Yeah.
5: And I, I think he was I think he was better last week, but here's the reality. Yes, he, he did his job. He's a really good back he's a really good backup quarterback. I don't think he has the same feel for the position that he had when he was in Minnesota. To me, that was his best quality. Um kind of his innate nowhere to go with the ball, feel in the pocket, feel a pressure around him. He he doesn't have that well, right now. Like a like a late career Alex Smith at his best. And I and I don't think that he has that right
4: now. I mean, every quarterback's sacrificing something in some way, and he's sacrificing scrambling ability and trying to make plays. If you see the quotes he's given, you know, they're – 180 degrees different than than what he was saying in Minnesota. He's saying now I've learned that I can't scramble. I can't try to make plays. I just have to take what the defense gives me. And he's playing with he just I think he's still getting used to who he is now. They were
5: I, they had one play over 10 yards that wasn't to Michael Thomas and that was a screen pass. Right.
3: I feel like Michael Thomas like his value decreases in a Teddy Bridgewater offense compared to when Breeze is in there. Just maybe it's a chemistry thing, but it's Alvin Kamara catching Fifteen or fifteen targets a game in the screen game, and I and I just don't want to go against
5: Shaq Barrett right now because what he's doing. Maybe it's just it's going to end like Mark said. He's definitely going to get to ten sacks. He's going to have a good year. It, it was not Jack Barrett specifically, but the three game run he's had to follow up a three sack game and then a four sack game, and maybe have your best game after that where you force three turnovers. In a win is just outrageous what he's doing right now.
4: And what what box scores don't show you, he's doing things like Brandon Cooks is wide open and Jared Goff misses him by three feet because Shaq Barrett forces him into a bad throw. Mm. These are the things that Shaq Barrett's doing every
5: week. The big question for me for the Bucs is the protection was so good last week out of nowhere. And you almost never see Jameis Winston have protection like that. When he has protection like that, he's like a... 1970s-style Daryl LaMonica back there, and he's fun to watch. And that just never happens. And if that starts happening with more regularity, then Bruce Arians is going to be flying. He's going to be loving his job.
1: It's a very interesting offense, uh, especially if they get uh, help from the running game, which they have been. They enter this game ranked 10th in the league in offense, uh, 5th in passing. And we talked about a little bit last week. Chris Godwin has stepped up. He is a legit potential star for them. Uh, we know Mike Evans. And if this Winston thing sticks, they could be a top 10 offense this year. It could happen.
3: What? They, they that have could happen. Arts, I don't know why you don't move Peyton Barber to a much lower role if Ronald Jones is playing the way he is but that's been going on week after week
5: And fun uh, little rivalry here Bucks have gotten the better of Sean Payton randomly over the years but that does not mean anything with a new coach
1: this is the perfect uh, Winston come down game though this is the three interception pick six come down game in the past so
3: was the Rams game not that he was up before that but yeah but he's put together a couple games a pick
4: six and threw another pass in well, the red zone that right. should have been picked
3: yeah he's gonna give them he's gonna choice. make if he can string together
4: those
1: yeah he'll always be a bit, a bit of a high wire act but can he give put together three really good games in a row this early in the season there's a lot of reason to be do it excited. for sky sports all right yes do it for sky sports great
3: that's so, the rallying cry that tampa bay will i'm just to. saying
1: that
5: panthers bucks game looked like it might have been a dog it might be two three and two teams all right with a third
1: overall pick um not too many late games today huh uh this week two so two. not too many who better take one off the board here And I'll grab a good one. Packers at Cowboys. Wasn't getting to me. Never would be. And, um, yeah, there's no way uh, you can't look at this game and get excited about it because uh, the Cowboys are coming off a bit of a humbling Sunday night loss, but nothing to get too worked up about, I think. I think they went into a very difficult environment on the road in prime time against the New Orleans defense that is very good. And, you know, sometimes you get beat, and that's what happened in this game. So I still believe in the ceiling of the Cowboys offense and their abilities. And now they get a a Packers defense that like the Cowboys last week, a little bit of a humbling performance with the Eagles able to do some things against them that uh, we hadn't seen that against uh, the Packers yet. Um, So now you have two teams coming off disappointing losses that I think are near the top of their conference uh, in what should be a very good close game.
4: I'm having a hard time figuring out how the Packers score points in this one. As well as the Cowboys played defense last week, and as well as Robert Quinn is playing, adding, adding a new element to their defense that wasn't there last year, and Devontae Adams isn't practicing.
3: Looks Where, like
5: he's out. It's yeah. not a
1: good injury either. Toe, no. uh, t- turf toe is something that can linger for weeks.
4: Where are the playmakers on the Packers' offense outside of the quarterback?
1: I'd be I'd be very worried.
5: I don't necessarily see that this uh, is going to be a close game because because of that, uh, and because I think the the Cowboys have more answers. It's the best play in the Packers offense is Aaron Rodgers improvising. Right. And you might not have Jamal Williams either, which is, I think, a sneaky, you know, big factor just because they'd like to run the ball, and now you're just down to Aaron Jones.
3: If there was life to Green Bay in that Eagles game early, and they got up. 13-7, 13-7, to they were up 10 nothing. It was big plays to Devontae Adams. So if he's out, I mean, what are you going to... Is it Geronimo Allison we're counting on to do that? For Dallas, I like. I don't worry about the Saints game because I think that that defense is going to do that to teams multiple times, that Saints defense this year. But Dallas obviously mopped up the Redskins and Dolphins. They and, and they beat the Giants. There was a lot of like, excitement around what was going on. This is a good test. Saints into Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay's defense... I, Eagles... Got a little frisky on the ground against Green Bay's defense late in the last game. But to me, Dallas, I am not panicking over the Saints' loss at all. I still think what Kellen Moore is doing is great for so many players in that offense. Zeke Elliott, though, you know, I, the, this is not running around him and circling around the, him the way it did in past years. He had, what, 34 yards? Right. This right. Week? It wasn't I great last this week. week.
5: They faced their first well, could defense that wasn't a bottom-five defense, and they had, you know, deep, deep. Performance. A couple of it was fumbles, uh, but I didn't like what I saw out of Kellen Moore running so much and insisting too on early downs. There wasn't a lot of play action. You didn't see some of the same creativity. And they won't be without Tyron Smith in this game, very likely. And Lyle Collins, who's having an all-pro type of season, a right tackle is expected to play, but hasn't practiced at all yet this week. So that's two guys, or one one left tackle you're missing, the other one's hurt, and you're going up against a very good front. I don't know if that was just a one-game blip for the Packers defense. I think they just kind of faced a game plan that had their number. Uh, well, Go ahead, West.
4: I was to say, if Kellen Moore watches you know, the Eagles game, he's going to see, okay, i got to get the ball into Zeke and Pollard's hands as receivers more often. Because the Packers have bad middle linebacker play when it comes to the passing game. And you saw that with mm. guys like Jordan Howard, one of the worst receiving backs in the league. They had no answer for him in the passing game. Zeke's been underutilized in the passing game.
3: I don't think he's going to watch the Eagles game. My guess would be that he'd probably just <laughs> say, you know, we're good. Preparations, we're fine.
5: Might, might get your boy Michael Gallup back this week, too, a little earlier than expected.
1: It uh, doesn't seem like a good combination. Zeke, who has the NFL record for most rushing yards per game, uh, against an individual team, against the Packers, he's averaged 133 yards. Packers run defense is giving up five yards a carry right now. Um, mm.
3: Yeah, I eaten up last week. You, like. know,
1: you know, what I gotta say, I'm off to almost historic 0 and four start with Wes, um, our friend um, who runs these matters. Let us know that Mark, you went 0 and five to start a season a couple of years ago,
3: and you came back.
1: I'll, I'll let you always. know. I'll say it always. Before you do, you came back and I believe uh, won that year.
3: I think zero and five. It's in the NFL, zero and five. You're cooked in lock battle. Zero and five. No,
1: you never know. You can climb back out. So I gotta get. I gotta get going. And I was I was leaning towards picking a winless team. Um, as my lock, which is just shows how lost in the woods I am right now. But what I'm going to do after all this great conversation we just had, I'm going to lock up the Cowboys at home and, and have them take me back into contention. Let's go, Zeke. I want a buck seventy-five. Mm. And you know what? To Wes's point, give me sixty-seven yards and a touch through the air. One of those monster Zeke games, and the Cowboys roll.
4: You know what? Let's tell and Louise this thing.
1: Bash it out, bro.
4: Boom. Let's do it. We got it. Boom. I need to get off the schneid, and this this whole lock. Let's go! It's in my head, too. I'm changing up my routines every week now.
3: I I have no idea what's going on. Let's go! I don't have a good feeling for you guys at all. I do. I had
5: had this as a blowout, too. I don't know why I didn't think of it. I didn't even... I need to think about these. What could go wrong?
3: All right. Aaron Rodgers (laughs) rolling into enemy territory. (laughs) 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 All right, here we
1: go. Uh, Up next, Chris Wessling. And that, hey Ricky, did you get that snake
2: drop we talked about? Yeah, you did. You ready? Oh, she didn't. Do no, it. I'm about to hit
4: it right now. Oh, okay. oh, you should do it after my first game and before my second right. game. Right, that's when the, the snake makes appearance. Yeah,
1: just wait.
2: Okay, yeah, just point to me and I'll hit it. Okay. on the board. <laughs> that's how pretty
1: <producing laughs> she works. Did it, she didn't even think about it for one
2: second. Yeah, it's right since here. It's, it, has got it. Appears I have five different versions.
1: I have my suspicions about what's happening here, but I won't say anything until it occurs. Wes, your pick. For
4: my first game, I am choosing the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Nice choice. Nice, nice value.
4: Grassfield Midwest That meets, that's meets our... all my qualifications. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the
3: only qualification.
1: I mean, they do not Grass, consider themselves Midwest. part of the
5: Midwest, but that's, we'll give it to you. Well,
4: it's in the western part of Pennsylvania.
5: All right. What,
4: what, about, what about the game? <laughs> well, I, I hesitated to say much about this because um, he's a legend. And I wanted him Uh to go to the Hall of Fame. But Earl Thomas is slow now. Uh Uh-oh. And I hope he's playing through an injury, but he is one of the slowest safeties in the league now. He
1: did break his leg last year, right? That's how his season ended?
4: Maybe he's still getting back. But um, the Ravens are one of the worst defenses in the league at yards after catch. And it's because their safety play isn't very good and their inside linebacker play isn't very good. I had to triple-check myself because it is Earl Thomas, but when you see him lose the angle a couple of times when he should have the angle against the Browns, go back and watch week three against Daryl Williams, who in my notes I have written down is one of the slowest running backs in the NFL. Earl Thomas lost the angle on him and was outrun by Daryl Williams. I think if I'm a Ravens fan, I have a hard time watching this defense mm. right now.
5: Not, not only that, but... When John Harbaugh is saying this week, a lot of our problems is about guys not carrying out assignments. I think he's talking about Tony Jefferson and Earl Thomas. Two, well, two safeties who have made a great career. Je- Jefferson is obviously nowhere in Earl Thomas' class. Great careers out of big plays by using their instincts. And I think they're both liable to freelance a little bit and they're both slower than they used to be. There was a line which would trouble me if I'm a Ravens fan. Uh, in the Baltimore Sun this week that said, or uh, in one of the Seattle papers this week, rather, that said Earl Thomas can still run very fast in a straight line, but turning around uh, and making cuts, like, it's pretty slow doing it. Well, that's kind of problematic in the game of football.
4: I beg to differ that he can still run (laughs) very fast in a straight line. I just, I don't see it. Um, And and I think they have had miscommunications. Who was calling the defense the last few years? Eric Weddle. Hmm. He's gone. I, Earl, I, Earl Thomas comes in to call the defense, and he hasn't been there. That said, are the Steelers – I feel like the Ravens might be an offense-first
5: team now, but are the they Steelers are. built to win a game that you score a lot of points in? Like, well, to me, they're coaching around – Not their, right now. Their quarterback, and how many weeks in a row can you do that? The Ravens wrote the book on that last year. year in terms of – not requiring a ton of throws to the outside, but they're far advanced in
3: that this year, and I, I would take them in a shootout type of scenario. The I would say one thing that coming out of that Ravens-Browns game, watching it a second time, I think we learned more about the Ravens than the Browns and more about Baltimore's defense. They were schemed well against with pulling guards and centers and the big plays. I think you guys mentioned that you know, it was all big plays for the Browns. I thought that came, though, by Cleveland beating them up over and over to create the big plays where suddenly you've got Earl Thomas chasing Nick Chubb down the field. And when I looked at Baltimore's offense, they got in Lamar Jackson's head. They got to Lamar Jackson. And if the Steelers can do that with one of the best pass rushes in the league, Lamar Jackson had 34 yards at halftime. In that game, they were not Had three what they drives, normally though.
4: are. I thought he played pretty well.
5: He wound, with, he wound he up with good Stanford numbers, City. but a
3: lot of that came with, with them down by a pile of points. He I think. got
4: blitzed, and he didn't have many answers for it.
1: This is a fascinating Early game on. for Lamar Jackson because, yes, he looked like the new Mahomes the first two weeks against some of the worst teams in football. Last two weeks, he's come down to earth. You'll admit he's come down to earth a little bit, Greg.
5: I do, but I think he played just as well last week as he did week two against Arizona. He didn't keep and them in the game. Well they were not in the game. Arizona. He just felt like he wasn't the most important part of that. They were they were winning up well, front, and, the, and their defense was terrible. If they have to score thirty points a week, they're not built for that. Like this is a problem for the Ravens the way they're built. They thought they needed to be like a top twelve offense, top fifteen, and have their defense carry them. They can't expect
4: them to score thirty points a week. I thought the Steelers defense played well too, and I, I'm not. I'm not thinking that Lamar Jackson's going going to score 30 every week. I think teams are going to start watching what what say the Browns did against him. The one good thing is they have great
5: tackle play. The Ravens, uh, maybe the best tackle duo in the league, that can help shut down T.J. Watt. But the Steelers get a lot of pressure up the middle too. All right, it's time to snake.
3: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know. I was in our library. It was so weird. <laughs> I
3: thought that was Dan.
2: It well, it sounded like it. Yeah. Did we got.
1: Can you do it again with the camera on you?
2: Um, no, the camera's broken back here.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm gonna see do. it right now. <laughs> no,
2: it's it. broken. It
1: says behind the it glass. You. Sure. No, no, no. It's, it's functioning it's a, it's a, to the Jason viewer. Jason Kleinman at next to. Oh, now here we get go. the full screen. Go ahead.
2: Oh, okay. Let me just hit this real quick. <laughs> 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 she didn't prepare she, a dress. No, she didn't prepare?
1: She just. She didn't make a note of it. And I will say she's, she's so busy now with all her other programming. Oh, you know, her fantasy lineup is set.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs> I
3: mean, I mean, you have you do an adequate snake sound. Though. I'm literally
2: That's live tweeting the show right now, so your fans can listen. I'm doing 3,000 things at once, and I downloaded a really yeah. cool snake drop. I'm sorry you don't like it. Got, That's like, not my problem.
1: Fun feuds with Adam Rank on Twitter. You got all that locked lockdown. You I know. want my snake drop.
2: What's going on? <laughs> I li- I, that's the one that we had in our sound effects. All
5: right, Wes, you're up. She'll be working at it at uh, Emma VP's wedding this week. Or
3: perhaps in Lisbon happy, if it doesn't, happy get, get, it doesn't get wrapped up at Emma's <laughs> happy wedding. Happy <enough> <laughs> the beautiful How club. do I fit two weeks of luggage in a carry-on, she tweets last night at some point. So, you know, different concerns than some.
4: <laughs> I'm going to pick the other... Four o'clock game, <laughs> since there are only two of them.
1: <laughs> Smart, Wes, you know how to play the game. Is it? You know how to play why? the Why? I don't have to do or, anything. Or, don't or
5: I was thinking, why pick the four o'clock right. game? Now I can just watch whatever I want at four o'clock.
1: Whatever. But you Some have different like priorities
4: coast. than me. I like to be able to pay attention in my game so I can give people what I saw on on the recap show. Well, yeah, and will, I will, I will be not be. Like, You'll be watching yeah. four shows my at My point, point, point is, I'm going to watch a- the same
1: game that Chris I want West. at
4: four o'clock, whether I choose it or not.
1: Nope. Wes we right.
4: just that like I Sunday's a work day for me not an enjoyment day. Thank you. I I'm put I'm punching the clock coming in and watching football so I can give the people what Put they on want. the hard
3: hat, and
1: bring the lunch pail.
3: I mean there's a, <clears throat> a you know, flock a field of straw men being raised up Yeah, punching the, punch the like, clock in, yeah, is there. a good
4: way to put it, Wes.
3: You are punching the clock.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> punching and the, and the as clock a former is not a blue positive. collar worker. I know what punching the clock means. You punch in and then after 12 hours and probably 60 hours in overtime, you punch out. You go home and you feed your family, Greg. That's what a blue collar worker does. You punch it. it hey, I, I'm look
1: popping at the calluses
5: on Wes's hands. That's right. I'm popping in a couple <laughs> hours early. People should tune into Game Day View live at uh into, that Eastern. That was well
1: done. He turned it
3: into a plug. 11:30 <laughs> <1130 laughs> Eastern. Uh, yeah, this, NFL.com. This crowd is it's so ultra tiresome. Oh, you're it's sleeping. All right, unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, Wes, go ahead. Tiresome.
4: I want to watch um, a guy who is now rivaling Alvin Kamara as the best receiving back in the NFL, Austin Eckler. In this game, he is so good. And we get a little Melvin Gordon this week, too. But I want to watch that. And I want to watch for how many people cannot resist talking about Joe Flacco and the 12th-rated Broncos offense when they should be talking about the 27th-rated defense that could not get off the field for 11 minutes against Gardner Minshew on one drive. The defense is the problem in Denver. These, two,
5: these teams are similar. The Chargers defense is stunk. The Broncos defense has stunk. The Chargers defense no one's noticed because they've played terrible teams. A lot of times your defensive rankings are basically just a ranking of who you've played. And I think that's the case with the Chargers. So I think the Broncos can move the ball up and down the field in this game that there might be, this might be some, a, a decent amount of scoring. problem is they kick a lot of field goals when they need to score touchdowns.
4: It is a problem, and no Melvin Ingram, I believe, who's out like a month from the Chargers. They are starting people. There is a guy starting at safety, an undrafted free agent <laughs> named. Hold on, Roderick Teamer, now starting for mm. your Los Angeles Mr. Chargers. In the Chargers'
5: defense, they've had a ton of injuries, especially on defense, and that's that's part of the reason they they've struggled. But I don't I don't look at them I, as a team that has any gimmies. If they're if Chargers fans are kind of looking at this and just checking it off, I know they're big favorites. They're a two. They're one of the worst two and two teams, just in terms of how they've played so far.
3: I would hate. I'd hate to be. I don't want to play an zero and four team at this point in the season, no matter what. And let, like the Broncos are different mm. to me a little bit. Then I know everyone is like, "This is the new Dolphins." Oh, the Redskins are the new Dolphins. Oh, the Broncos—they're—they're they're tanking. Well, they're not. Like they're just a bad football team right now. That—that's incomplete. I don't—I don't love the matchup for Los Angeles at all. At all, but I would look at someone like Philip Rivers, who is playing awesome right now. Austin Eckler has been awesome. Keenan Allen has been awesome. They've not gotten the pass rush, but they still have like their key star players playing very well. And if you can't take. They, they should have beaten the Lions. They'd be 3-1, and one and we'd feel a little bit differently about them. They have been uninspiring, and there have been people tweeting us, why don't you guys talk about the Chargers? We've talked about them plenty in the past. They just have seemed a little off the radar this time, and they need that signature because win. It's they're, not and they're missing happen.
5: a lot of juice, and they get... Yeah. Yeah, Melvin Gordon, for all the jokes we've made about it, they just need offensive weapons, and he adds one. Unfortunately, he probably will... You know, have to take Austin Eckler off the field, which is a problem. Eckler's fifth in the league in yards. That from bothers me. But even they can they can use them right. Together. They can use them together, and even if Gordon is playing. 30 snaps, and Eckler's playing 35 or 40, and I think that might be the type of split we see. That still adds juice to an offense that has been really good and adding another weapon. They need to be an offense-first team. That's,
1: that's the biggest challenge right now for the Chargers in terms of their offensive philosophy. Is Eckler has become one of the best all-around running backs in football. You, it wouldn't be right, like Mark, you're saying. It wouldn't be right to remove him from the game plan. But Gordon, before he disappeared, when he's been right, he's been at a similar level uh, in terms of productivity. So you just got to find a way to balance that. Or is there a possibility? And let me know if it doesn't make sense for whatever reason, contractually. Uh, to maybe you move Melvin Gordon before the deadline in three weeks. Why
4: not just? Wouldn't do he with- have value? I don't. You got to give him a contract, but why? Why not just do what you did last year and before Melvin Gordon got hurt, they were averaging two hundred yards a game between yeah. the two of them. They were the best duo in the NFL, and you they were using both. them
3: correctly. Yeah. S- and we don't know what we're going to get out of Melvin Gordon right away. Hunter, well,
4: right, Hunter
5: Henry's back on the field, but he's not returning yet. I mean, they have some. They've had so many injuries, like they can't. I feel like they can't trade away any talent. Then, the, then Eckler get hurt, and suddenly, you know, right. starting Troy I su-
1: Pope. I suppose yes, they they are great one two tandem, but Eckler had. had been able to prove that he can do it as the lead guy. And that's I guess that's just part of team sports. Uh, I will say
3: this, Wes, the Broncos defense in the first half against Jacksonville looked like what we thought we would get all season. They just have to if they had done that for the full game, we would say they're back, they're ready to go.
4: That was their last stand game. And you could see with the emotion they were playing with that that they were they wanted an orange crush day and they were feeling themselves. And then Gardner Minshew took it eleven minutes and they were never the same. The rest now of the game you're with without Bradley Chubb. Although well, you do
3: get a
5: nice home game in L.A. this week if you're a Broncos fan, so that's,
1: that's uh, a plus. By the way, by Wes's logic, which I think is good, the Last Stand game—if you lose your Last Stand game, there's no way you win the next week. Okay. There's no way they—they they seem like a. You're saying they w- no dignity in Dignity Health Sports Park this week? Right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, if that—if that theory holds, Wes, if you lose the Last Stand game, you have to come out flat and dead. Uh, which makes this a lockable game if you could look in the mirror. Now, I wouldn't be able to look in the mirror two and two versus zero four, but if anybody else can see a reflection, or Greg on his own rules,
3: um, then I think it would just they're a perfect lock. Just
5: narrowly sneak under the my rules, but
1: it is not my lock.
3: I've soft locked the Seahawks, and I am sort of still considering that throughout the show. I am not going to go lock up against an zero and four team.
1: No. A soft lock is like one of those, you know, with your Schwinn bicycle with like the the four letter uh, combinations, right? That's so easy to break through. When well, you're a, a child, so yeah. the combination
3: it's, is seven, 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 seven. Right. Or it's
5: the people that like, maybe you got an alarm home security system at some point, but you no longer pay for it. But you just keep the sign up. Keep it up. Soft security. You know, they, Come that, right that's, on that's in, good Robert. enough.
4: The sign, the little sure. sticker. Fine. I get that you are what your record says you are, and this is an 0-14, but it's like the intro to Greg's debrief this week, the vicissitudes of just a play here and a play there. If not for two roughing the passer penalties – Think pieces are flying out right now about how Elway and Flacco have revived the two and two Broncos, and and Flacco's just a. I know, mean, he's just a caretaker. I don't know if oh, we're ready to oh think boy. faces about West. a team that's blown out. I just don't feel that
1: today.
3: about Joe
4: Flacco. I know that you do
1: That was know, a George Washington bridge too far. It wow. wasn't.
4: I'm just saying, two plays. This is not your typical zero four team. They are, they are one of the weirdest zero four teams we have ever. I hear seen. you,
5: but they they should be one and three because here's how I look at it. They they lost two games convincingly and they split two at the buzzer. So it's like. You know, they're they they have not been a great team. Well, would, maybe a one and three I, team master. I would argue you that know, Jaguar's
3: comeback, the engine behind it, was a terrible Joe Flacco interception. And I would
4: argue back that in two of <laughs> like he's on the he's, roller coaster. He's, he's still at the last three weeks. What do you want your quarterback to do? Lead two minute drills to, to score the go ahead touchdown with only a minute left in the game, and he did it. I said it on last week's pod. I don't actually don't think Flacco is their problem. Flacco's been
5: exactly as good as they could hope for. It, you, they they needed to be better all around.
3: I don't know. Part of me is just like, okay. But I mean, I, I'm also not amped up as a human being. I'm going so for accuracy like here. The problem with the Broncos is not I, been My accuracy is he threw a killer interception that changed the and energy of that entire game. And then came back and made up for it by scoring the he go also ahead, had a, He also had a bunch of drives that he didn't why, finish. Why did Flacco become such a
1: You know why? Sport. Because there needs to be – this is interesting how this podcast works – there needed to be a lightning rod because you didn't have Eli to kick around anymore. So now you have the new Eli, is which new is Joe Eli. Flacco. And but in reverse. Ironically, it is Wes now right. who is not seeing the light and is staring at the good things and ignoring the bad things. I am seeing the light. You went and the opposite way else with Eli. everyone is misevaluating this. Joe Flacco has been an average quarterback. That's all no, the, what I'm saying. When all the analytics last season had Eli as like a top 15 quarterback. No, no said, they didn't. Ignore it. The throw analytics it out. not have doesn't Eli. matter. He doesn't pass the eye the test. Standard going the standard ball stats had
4: Eli. No, that is not true. You're throwing out <laughs> falsehoods and erroneous statements. All right. Well, just everyone
5: listen to every single football pad- podcast out there. You're not going to hear this type of heat about Flacco anywhere else. We care about all 32 teams.
1: He's just been average. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's move on. All right. I wa- the- Dignity is important. It's not just uh, when you look in the mirror about what game you could lock up. For for the people in the room like me and Mark and to some extent Greg you can say oh I'm not going to take my favorite team because nobody's going to double cross me and, and take my team there, so I'll steal them at the end of the draft no that's not fair I'm not going to I'm not going to put you guys in that position and I'm not going to play the game that way so mm. even though
5: this would have been the week to do it though
1: I know but I'm not going to do it I'm just not going to do it because <laughs> I like there's, that there's a chance Sam Darnold plays and there's no way I'm going to have somebody else watching that game for this podcast so I'm taking the Jets at the Eagles <laughs> It's home
3: in New York City.
1: And uh, we'll see. There's a tweet. There's a tweet. I heard from a very good source, direct source. This is some real Zeuser Insider stuff. Uh, that there's a good chance Darnold plays. But then I see um, a tweet from Darnold's availability today. Uh, This is from Connor Hughes, who does very good work for The Athletic. Sam Darnold says he wants to make sure he's, quote, not going to die out there on Sunday. I mean, it would be the most Jets thing ever that Adam Gase and his mania to not be painted as the most uh, miserable offensive mind in the league will kind of push his quarterback onto the field despite an enlarged spleen and then something terrible happens. That would be a very Jets thing to have happen. Um I'm just hoping that's not what happens here. I hope Sam Darnold is active and also healthy. And there's a good chance that's going to happen. And now they go to the Eagles, uh, and it's a really tough game. It's a a very difficult game. But if there's one thing to hang your hat on, um, if you think this could be a game, is the idea of There's a lot of things that have to happen. Darnold has to play. The offense has to look a lot better with a healthy Sam Darnold and then they pick at the Eagles secondary, which has not been good. That's the only way this, this becomes a game. Otherwise, it's going to be grim, and I don't even know who's calling this, Greg, CBS. I imagine, it, it, is it like a Marv Albert special? C-SPAN. <laughs> C-SPAN, uh, public access. Uh, but that's, that's, uh, the path is Darnold plays and then is have, able to have some success against Philly's secondary.
3: Their line, they're one of these teams that concern me because when you go look at the PFF rankings of everyone on offense from top to bottom, they're one of these two or three teams where f- their five starting linemen are the bottom five out of six players in rankings in deep red territory, and it it that sometimes that doesn't translate. And I know how these rankings are done for the linemen, but it translates with the Jets. Their line has been it's a, a it's been huge a big concern. story,
1: and the thing that's been the most kind of. Uh, Flummoxing for people inside the building and out is that talent wise, it's not the worst line. There are guys that can play and that have played at an okay level in this league. So that has not been the issue. But the
5: worst of them is Ryan. I guess, Khalil. though. I mean, but the Raiders let me didn't finish. want Osel- let me finish. Let me finish the Panthers didn't want Khalil.
1: Let me finish. Um, yes, you could say that maybe they just got guys that were done, and that 's possible but there 's also been talk for it to be as bad as it is that there 's an issue with scheme going on, and it it's a it 's a coaching disagreement behind the scenes about how how to handle the attack on offense, and they tried to, in their most recent game before the bye against the Patriots, scale it all the way back to almost a rudimentary form. And I'm not an offensive line expert, but I could say they, they are on the fly trying to change their entire strategy, and that didn't work either. So there's there, it's been a big, big, soggy mess on that line, but I think it might be just beyond talent.
5: you got to be careful with Darnold. I also wouldn't want to put him out there – and see anything like what happened in Week One when he was fully healthy, and they were the worst offense in the league that week. He basically. was not
1: fully healthy in Week One.
5: He had mono then. Yes. He did. Okay. So, there, so maybe that that was part of it. The scheme hasn't looked good. This is a matchup you should be able to take advantage of. You know, if you are throwing the ball pretty well, you can't run on the Eagles, but you you can throw on them. They 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 have not had a pass rush if three sacks this year. Derek Barnett's not really uh, working out for them. Like they're a, they're a beatable defense, the Eagles defense right now.
4: Well, do they have enough warm bodies to start at cornerback?
5: I think so. I think you know they're not going to have Darby back, but I think Maddox is—is is he back?
4: He looked brutal before he got injured.
5: the The other thing I'd be worried about with the Jets, though, is the is the Williams Wall that we had talked about going into the season. Leonard Williams hasn't seemed to be a fit for Greg Williams's defense; hasn't made much impact. And then Quinnin's just been out for a couple weeks, so he returns. and will you'd play. Love to see him make an impact.
1: Leonard Williams is a guy that there's buzz about he could be a trade candidate because uh, you know it, they keep it's moving more, on from these. It's linemen. more it's more than a Greg Williams thing. He just has not ever become the guy everybody thought he would. He's a really good run stopper that's never been a pass rush guy. And um, do they want to give him a big contract? Do they want to franchise tag him? Or do you want to trade him to a team who thinks they can unlock his sizable potential? I think he could be a guy to look at who could be on the move in October.
3: I I just I wonder what Jim Schwartz is telling his defense if Sam Darnold's in there. For some reason, like it concerns me with the kind of injury and illness that he had that they're being thrown out there that they're that they don't really seem to trust Adam Gase alone to make the decision because it's a deep committee with the GM involved and sure. the medical. It has to be though. It, it has yeah. to be, but like they made a point of that and like I I don't know. It's not gonna, he's not gonna play unless the doctors say he's fine. So I'm assuming that's good. But the Jets and this stuff usually I just throw out have never in the history of the NFL beaten the Eagles and I what? would be if the if the, if Philadelphia lost this game, and that's a team I talked about as maybe I, in my mind the third or fourth best team in, my in the mind. league. I this would be one of the <laughs> biggest disappointments of the decade for the Eagles <laughs> to lose this game and it's not a no- it is a knock on the Jets sorry <laughs> definitely a knock on the <laughs> sense of their talent
5: going in with I the mean, situation they're in in terms of like them being a favorite you're probably right that it, they would probably might be the biggest favorite game they They're they've not going to lose what
3: will they're happen on way. Philly radio if they ever lost to this team
5: I I'm curious to see if Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard can keep it going cuz I kind of like that backfield the way they're they're trending I think Jordan Howard's run pretty well Sanders gives you something if they if they don't play that well I do wonder if they would add a running back at the trade deadline, but there's no reason to at this point. <laughs>
1: All right, Greg, you're up.
5: All right. Let's go to uh, What, what are we, the
3: 1 o'clock games? This is my backup game in the morning. <laughs> I don't like to even think myself as having a backup <laughs> game because there's so much focus uh-huh. on us uh-huh. I like to I'm see
4: the you. gerbil going around the wheel when <laughs> Greg's thinking.
1: <laughs> I'm looking for a rocking chair game for my late early game as well. We'll get to that.
5: I'll, I'll take, take uh, the Patriots. Come on. Oh, no, I don't want to watch the Patriots this week. Um, live. Uh, I'll take the Texans and the Falcons because it's got Deshaun Watson involved uh, and that's fun. Partly because you don't know what you're going to get. Some weeks you get what you you got last week where they averaged 3.3 yards per attempt which is a little wild. I think they will be able to bounce back partly because their offensive line their improvement that we talked about in week three. It was there again last week. I know he took a few sacks but man they protected him really well against Carolina Uh, and I think Ultimately, that's a good sign long term for this Texans team. That has a lot of good things going for them. They got out schemed. They got out-played a week ago, and talk about a last stand game. I think this is it for the Falcons. Well, no, maybe it's a little early for that.
3: Well, I agree it's with getting you. Late, it's it's getting late, late early. Getting later. I wrote here Texans can break Falcons right here. That's and and if you and if the Falcons it right here if the Falcons lose. Is it highlighted though, or just yes. written in yellow? Oh, shoot. Texans can break Falcons. <laughs> I feel like here. this
1: should be like a we should have another spin-off podcast where Mark holds up his notes and just shows us different things. Can well, we do I the, like
3: to a put a lot in every week. Put a little <laughs> work like into it. these. What's you in know?
1: Mark's highlighters? If you get because the way it is, I'm looking at it right now. Is there maybe we can hold it up for the camera? You have you have the standard black font, then you have red font, and then you have, and this is important, highlighted. Uh, black font, which I can only assume is the most important.
3: It's called work, and to me, it translates. A lot of it, I just use the notes from week to week. It doesn't translate always when we've got three and a half minutes to discuss.
4: I like it. You are super prepared. Super prepped. The Texans
5: defense is playing nine guys basically every snap, which is very... Out of the norm in today's NFL, Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt have played almost every snap the entire season. This kind of speaks to how top-heavy they are that we've talked about. Like it's a very risky way to run defense.
4: Zach Cunningham's playing great in
5: 2019,
4: but they're playing they're playing well. They've I, like, got they've got a weak spot in their secondary and rookie Lonnie Johnson, mm. who teams are attacking, and I would expect the Falcons to go right at him. Falcons are a 500 team since their Super Bowl loss. Only the Dolphins are worse in the first half in terms of point differential this year. And they're starting about 11 or 12 of the same guys they were starting when they were dominant a couple of years ago. I think you have to wonder about the coaching.
1: Quinn has regressed, um, uh, or the defense has regressed with Quinn as the play caller. They have no running game, and we beat up Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, everybody did. Dirk Cutter comes along, and are we seeing the the old I, Falcons offense? Dirk back?
3: Cutter reminds me. It reminds me of the Bucks offense, where it, there's a ton of yardage, not a lot of drives going for touchdowns necessarily. No balance. And no, they were Matt Ryan was. Sacked what five times last week? Mm. They were stopped on fourth and short three times. They totally fizzle against they the can't Titans. They the ball. They're not a balanced team, and I don't like the way that you're going into Houston and you're dealing with J- merciless and JJ Watt. I'm regretting this pick right now. Here and all this.
5: This is one of those situations. Like in a fantasy draft, you get back to your computer. There's like seven seconds left, and you buy and you take Vasante Shanko to fill your tight <laughs> end <play-end> slot. <laughs> Shanko, you're like, oh no,
1: yourself. What have I done? <laughs> Um, All right, let us uh, move on. Up next, Mark Sessler.
3: So I typically, it looks like it will be a week where I have to write a recap on one of these games. So I'm looking for one that's just a big, meaty blowout, hopefully over by halftime. But I also enjoy (laughs) seeing... favorite football. I enjoy seeing utter destruction. And I want to see... Talk about a team that's going to be paying the price when they get whopped once again. When the Patriots go into Washington and take the Redskins and scatter them into fifty parts, I also I want to see how New England plays on offense after last week. It's not this, obviously you're playing one fourth the team, but New England watching that game looked bad on offense, and the Bills had a lot to do with it. But the this is a team in New England that just had to put their kicker on IR. Mike Nugent is your kicker now. That is, a, I'm not saying it's Guskowski. Oh, like
1: Kai was in the running for that job, and Kai's Kai. We all know that. What does that tell you? But go get a job, Kai. Go win a job in a big spot. It's been a while now. It's been a minute since you've been kicking in the NFL, and you're up against the Nuge. And we all know the Nuge is the Nuge, and the Nuge is about a C to C minus kicker, thirty
4: seventh best kicker. They had, on they had five plus kickers in. Yeah, go Nuge. win a job,
1: Kai.
5: I love that they're Go going— Go in
1: that building, and don't walk out of that building till you've got, you got a contract in your hand.
5: It is delightful. They've gone from Vinatieri to Gustkowski, no break in between, 23 years, four games, and now you've got the Nuge, and you've got Young-Way-Koo on the practice squad. <laughs> Do you think- well, welcome to By the, the way, rest not of a the huge, NFL, Patriots. It's, it's
1: not a huge step down. I almost thought my first instinct well, was, was that was this struggling. might have been a phantom IR scenario because he's no. missed four extra points in four games, and maybe he's – it's it's amazing, and a credit to Vinny Thierry, even with his struggles earlier this year, that he's still kicking in the league while the guy that replaced him, the kid 15 years ago, might be nearing the end of the line potentially. No, he's
5: having left hip hip surgery. Apparently he's been playing through it for a while. That explains a That's, lot. That is potentially you know a career-threatening, injury could for be a it. kicker he's been a great uh pro he's been a you know he's been a great kicker over the years i will miss let's pick games. this game
4: do you think that belichick <laughs> will be able to <laughs> um, survive the the game planning advantage that the redskins have in this one
3: right why, why well after jake has no idea who's playing quarterback right the they Lions asked him two. who. what is your planet you know, he said we don't have one you but know. we I would love to see it's a little Colt McCoy that'd it's be Colt. great. That's exciting. I would
5: can I lock up Colt McCoy starting? <laughs> cuz I feel like that is <laughs> in your
1: own little world you can.
5: Extremely safe.
4: Unless he injures himself between right. now and Sunday, I which think, is possible.
1: I hate these type of games cuz there's a few real like dead butt teams right now. Redskins are one of them. And uh, I feel like we'd learn nothing about this game. Like, if the Patriots score 40 points, I don't I don't take anything from that.
4: This is not hyperbole. The Redskins started an offense last week that is worse than some of them you'll see in the preseason. I think out of the 11 players who started for them on offense, not even half could make a roster for another
3: team. Well, they are very injured, too, and they're missing Trent Williams. Like, it, there was distinct disadvantages going in, but you don't trust the coaching staff to coach out of any of those. McLaurin is, is back. Uh, but Sheriff might still be out. Jordan Reed
5: hasn't played this year. Vernon Davis uh, might be added to the mix. Uh, you, you know, you can watch Larry Guy, my guy, Lawrence Guy. You know, just the guy. We're just going to pick out a new <laughs> role player on this Patriots defense that's playing lights out every week. It's Larry Guy.
1: It's it's a great defense, Greg.
5: Josh Gordon's a problem. That's one thing I think you can learn in this game. Josh Gordon and Tom Brady got too close, are point. very much not on the same page. <laughs> I, I, watch Rewatching that game, it wasn't about protection. It was about Edelman's hurt. Gordon is hurt and out of sync. The receiver situation is not pristine.
1: They are. They were a three and out machine in that game. You you blinked and they had the punter back. On the punter is doing great by the way too.
5: Ben Watson returns by the way, former Patriots great after ten years away from the team. Minor
3: yawn.
1: Um. All right, can we get a full screen on Ricky because this is a snake snake pick, and we want to make sure. But hey, like close-ups. Maybe like, she... There we go. You know, maybe know she for, ran downstairs and cut the drop. Maybe
5: the yeah, audio Brady listeners in the don't care, but like get in on the pours. No. You know so what I mean? Why would like, you
2: say that? <laughs> it's a fair request. All right, let's hear it. All right. Snake it. <laughs> I'm a snake. <laughs> oh, actually, that was good.
1: All right, uh, Mark, you're up. I'm a snake.
3: Okay. Wait, is Mark up?
1: Mark is up. It's That's a snake, baby. That's how this baby. works. It's a snake,
3: baby. Oh, gotcha. And I am going to pick... You know we're going to London. Why not take the London game? I love that they've actually found a way to put this at our time, 10 a.m. L.A. time, 1 p.m. Eastern. Not any, not sure at all what time it is in the U.K. They can figure that out. Six, but six p.m. in London. I looked at the Bears game. And I have, no, I am so have been so down on the Bears because I cannot believe at all in their offense in their quarterback position. My mind has changed. My mind. At this point, I could see them. <laughs> Becoming one of the last two teams in a non-dominant team, NFC. I really could. And I think their defense is truly special. And London games always seem to come with a bit of residual chaos. And I think this is going to – the Bears – whoever plays the Bears, whatever happens – whoever loses that game, obviously, is going to come out with total nightmarish in-house issues. We saw it with the Vikings – you know, you've got two one receiver complaining. The other is on the trade block, potentially. Everyone's wondering what's going on with the Vikings. What will happen when the Raiders get utterly thumped in a game that I think will be about 33-7 to seven? And the Raiders come out of London with no answers, looking totally lost. And we are looking at the last 11 or 12 games of Derek Carr at quarterback. (laughs) Well, I'm sticking to that opinion. You can shake your head. I just think that they're going to be – this is the beginning of a lot of changes on offense. And the Bears are – defense travels to London well, and they're going to drop – (laughs) <laughs> the old Chicago Hammer, and I don't care what Chase Daniel does. <laughs> the old just,
1: Chicago Hammer. Just, yes. I just realized what's going on here. I, Mark is organic tanking the draft here. Why? Because you just you picked the biggest lopsided game of the week.
5: This is not. This is
1: Patriots at Redskins. I love Chicago. And you just predicted. Oh. You predicted a thirty-three to three. Okay. I, well, two I, massive blowouts. I don't you're going need for here. to.
3: I don't need. First of all, we watch <laughs> all these games game. during the week. <laughs> on Sunday, I'm fine with a couple. Distinctive I I enjoy football blowouts too. If I, you don't, that's your Well issue.
5: you're hitting on something and this has become a tri- uh interesting uh it's epiphany for me in all sports. An entertaining blowout is underrated. I love to it. To see greatness and have a destruction and wipe the floor it, like in tennis, other sports too. I, I sometimes enjoy that better than like a close
1: What about an aptitude on the other side of the ball? Doesn't that take so, away from it a little bit?
3: I would I Sometimes. would view this Mewit like Chicago's defense. We're watching a truly great, memorable defense that I has answered all the doubters after people thought they couldn't do it again. I, I've said that a bunch in the off season, and to me, a wipeout like this, it's purifying. Well, they've had great, they've had good, <laughs> I like
5: that. they've had good matchups overall, and this is another one. You know, the, the Raiders' <laughs> offense, despite being two and two has only two receivers over 60 yards. They could use like a number one type of receiver. Like a a Hall of Fame type of guy. You know what I mean? Because then Tyrell Williams, he's, he's a good two who's now playing one. You have Darren Waller. He's broken out. Josh Jacobs is a great pick. But, you're so thin at receiver. Hunter Renfro, who was really the trendy thing after the draft and in the summer, it's like, hey, this is a guy you can just stick right in there. He's going to be catching 70 balls in the next decade. He, they've thrown the ball 18 times to him. They have 88 yards on those 18 throws. Mm. He's, he, him and the rest of the outside receivers other than Tyrell Williams are guys who would not make other teams, I think.
4: I like the matchup for Chase Daniel. This is a dream scenario. Mm. No Vontaze Perfect. And Cleveland Furl, the number four over p- overall pick in the draft, Among edge rushers with 100 plus snaps this season, ranks dead last in win rate according to Pro Football Focus. Which is basically the
5: guy, I know Raiders fans don't see it this way, but essentially you traded Khalil Mack and you used your top five pick on a pass rusher. He's essentially Khalil Mack's replacement. Well, there's
3: that angle to this game too. Khalil Mack having a chance to face the Oakland Raiders, and John Gruden. I would imagine it, he's already on an MVP-level tear right now. This would have a nice little narrative. What's going to lead all your little primetime shows if Khalil Mack has three sacks in this game? Oh, he knows how to trash Colton Miller
5: if that's w- when he's going up against him. Trent Brown, by the way, who we also wondered, was that too much money? He's been fantastic for the Raiders.
4: Their offensive line in general has been fantastic.
5: Not Colton Miller, though. So it that's if you, get, you get Mack or if it's Floyd when he's on Miller and, and you have a win.
1: It is pretty wild, by the way. I thought about this a couple days ago. We were so close to it, and everyone was so exhausted by the storylines. Antonio Brown is not in the NFL anymore. He's just out of the NFL. The arguably the best wide receiver in football It's just gone. Yes, yeah, someone was just because he
5: was—he's a jerk, and he's maybe nuts. He apparently got into it on social media with some player. Now Eric Weddle. And like this uh, and Baker Mayfield. In some stories okay. I guess this was a big story in, in some circles, but in others, like mine, I'm sure that's muted or you know it's like even him screaming into the void is not really like making a big pop anymore. Well
3: he needed to go off on like <laughs> Scandinavian novels and then it would have hit Greg's feet, but it was a it was a relatively large story this is to a, go after Weddle and Baker Mayfield. This is uh
5: this is a perfect game to open up Tottenham. The London crowd, they know it. They love the ugly games, and I love them for that. They love the defense. That's because de- that's all they've got. They love for the, the defense. Part. They, they love, deserve close They love games. the kicking. There might be some rain here. It just could be messy. A lot of Bears fans in London. Alright. Next up, Greg. Oh no. Well, I think actually <laughs> here's what you do when you have Greg has three, no <laughs> three games at one point at one time. You gotta just take the battle of the winless teams. Um, because if there's any game that deserves oh, no. a number three spot, it's the Cardinals. And the Bengals. I mean, the Cardinals... Here, let's try to think of something interesting in this game. Their running game (laughs) hasn't been bad. David Johnson, I think, looks better each week. Was starting to do some of those ski slalom Mm. moves that he used to do a few years ago last week. Kyler Murray, when they do call a run for him or when he scrambles... His footwork is just different. Like his foot speed and foot di- work, his feet are moving so quickly. Like
4: it, it's wild. I I've love been him. disappointed in him as a, as a runner. And, they don't use and him. an escape artist. Like Lamar Jackson is an explosive, elusive runner. I don't think Kyler Murray is. Kyler's not looking to run. You're right. It's the couple times even when he does run, he, he runs
5: into sacks. Wait, right. That's when he's he's trying to buy time. I don't think he's great buying time in the pocket, but when he actually makes the decision to go, he shakes people off and goes around them
3: like it's nothing. And the running game hasn't been bad. They should be able to run all over this. I mean, game. David Johnson has, and he had <clears throat> this trait and this skill before. He's become a primary receiver because they don't have a deep game the way that I thought they would necessarily. I When I watch the Cardinals, like they move the ball really, really well. They cannot finish drives. It's constantly going 11. They have these long 9, 10, 11-play drives that finish with a field goal and field goals that go south half the time too. It, to me, they're disappointing. And I and I do wonder because it's too early to judge. They, they need more time to build what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do. They don't look to me... That distinctively, explosively different than a bunch of other teams that are using three wide receiver sets all the time. Fine. They go four. It's not translating into stuff we've never seen before that we're so no. bedazzled by. And I do wonder, you brought in Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's done an okay job with not a lot of parts early on. What if you get a 10 or 11 games into this and realize – Wait a minute, this special offense isn't that special. They don't what do have you doing with the do at players
5: and they lost Christian Kirk. Both John Rashi and, and Christian Kirk are
3: expected to miss this game Are they that IR impossible to plan Bengals? for though from a defensive standpoint? No, they've not been elected. They've here, not when, been terrorized. When
5: Larry Fitzgerald is by far your number 1 and your two draft picks at or three draft picks at the position aren't making much of an impact. They're not that hard to cover. You get one-on-one matchups, but they're not hard to cover.
4: I saw a Larry Fitzgerald stat that blew my mind this week. You guys all know that he's now second only to Jerry Rice in career receptions. He has 1,326 receptions. Second on the active list. Take a guess.
5: Well, Antonio Brown doesn't count?
4: No. Actively suiting up for NFL teams.
5: I don't know. Just tell. Him. Julio
4: Jones has seven hundred and twenty-one. He's got like um, about half of Larry Fitzgerald's wow. receptions. Mm. That is crazy.
1: That is wild. And on the Cincinnati side, we saw, you know, how thing how bad things have gotten uh, on Monday night. Uh, Robert Maze of the Ringer wrote a piece uh, this week uh, about about Cincinnati, basically their downfall since he broke his thumb. Uh, he was an MVP candidate in two thousand fifteen, broke his thumb, and then everything that's gone downhill for Cincinnati since uh, he came to the conclusion, what we've been talking about in years on this podcast, that he's the essentially the prime meridian and he's as good as the people around him allow him to be. And it can get really bad when you have bad people around him, which is where he is right now. And it made me think about if this is indeed the end of the Andy Dalton experience in Cincinnati and they have no more guaranteed money tied up with him after the season, if they did go in a different direction, does Andy Dalton get a chance to be a starter somewhere else, or does he have to go to the Ryan Tannehill path of his career? Because by the same uh, virtue of what we've been discussing, if you if you're a team that has a nice setup around it, perhaps Dalton could be closer to the guy he was in 2015. Uh, I'm curious what kind of value he would have. if he I'd ever take hit the Dalton open
3: over Case Keenum, but only if only one or two coaches would would have taken Case Keenum to begin with. And I I know I'm rough on Dalton. I think that, I think that your quarterback. Has more meaning than than just simply his on field talents or ceiling. You have to sell your quarterback to a more savvy fan base than at any time in football history. I think it's a tough sell.
5: Their answer is yes. He'll get a chance at some. Point. Um, he's not going to be the Broncos' quarterback next year, is he? It feels hey, about right. <laughs> Jay, Jay Gruden will be coaching Andy Dalton in Denver. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, they actually it have links. It makes together, so, right? Right? so that much makes sense. sense. It does.
1: Uh, it's so much sense. But uh, they put
3: John Ross on IR and you know AJ Green is bubbling up as a potential guy you ship out of the building cuz why is he there? He's at not this even point? close
5: to healthy either. But that, I mean the whole Ifer, offense Ifer could can't be move. I you know you could see Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's the one last guy who's like a real asset there and you can just
1: see how frustrated I I broke my heart in that after the steal, The only time that game felt like it was competitive is uh, a fumble by the Steelers. Cincinnati takes over first and ten. From Broke your heart. Pittsburgh's fifteen. Tyler Eifert on a third down, on a pass. He absolutely pulls in before his forty-seven. You know, lower body injuries. He had. It was like when Jimmy Graham couldn't come down with that pass on Thursday night. You're like, oh, old Jimmy Graham's got that. Old Tyler would have had that ball. I have I've let Tyler go after that.
3: Point. You've been very into Tyler Eifert I've had, for a long time.
1: I've had a lot of patience. I always believed in him, but I think those injuries have taken away that elite athleticism.
4: That's how I feel about Earl Thomas.
1: Mm, it's tough, right? It is. Let's tough. bash it out again. Boom. What is happening? My pick. Brothers. You know, I'm really surprised the way the drafts fall in the last ah! few, few picks because, you know, in, in fantasy drafts, sometimes when you're like, oh, I really want to take this guy, but I, you take the other guy, and then life is good, and you end up getting the option to take that original guy. That's what happened for me here. Uh, when, area guy likes his own around. draft. Uh, I have the Minnesota Vikings Ooh, same thing traveling to, me then. to the Meadowlands to face the Giants, and, uh, yes, we have a, an epidemic in the NFL Stefan Diggs now is letting it be known that because times are getting tough in the modern NFL, times get tough, trade me, get me out of here. I'm not happy. I don't need to play up to my contract. I will be sick. I will go home, and then I will try to force your hand to trade me. Uh, He came back to the team after missing a practice yesterday at Diggs, and this is in a season in which uh, we know everything has gone badly right now, going badly right now for Minnesota's offense. Very small sample size, by the way, but... He is not getting targeted the way he did last season, not even close, Stephon Diggs. And on the same week that Adam Thielen called out the offense and the quarterback leading to Kirk Cousins weirdly publicly apologizing to Adam Thielen, the other wide receiver then uh, lets it be known that he wants out of town. So Minnesota has a lot of issues right now, and it's kind of an interesting time for them to go face a Giants team that uh, despite back-to-back wins, no one is going to – confuse this defense with the 86 Giants. Uh, Minnesota, if they just figure out some type of game plan and, and find some balance to their offense, you would think they should be able to move the ball. And if they don't, and Danny Dimes, and I don't think Saquon Barkley's playing, but apparently... Well,
3: he, he is uh, he is possible, they said. He's That's not practicing
1: surprising. as of Thursday, but apparently he, he's such a Superman that its he's getting close. Uh, but even without Saquon Barkley, if the Vikings don't find a way to, to win this game, and if they look bad doing it, We might have a mutiny on our hand uh, with the old Viking horn.
5: I mean, you win, you win. It doesn't matter if it's a style. You're saying if they win ugly, that's not enough?
1: No, no. If they lose like 27-6 or 31-10 and the offense is not moving, everyone's already talking behind the scenes. I just this season could go up in flames, as sometimes happens in Minnesota. Here's
3: something else I wrote: death of the Vikings? In question mark. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying it's going to happen, but Is that a
1: double pound the, sign in front
3: of it too. Triple and whoa, it, you what know, does listen, that mean? <laughs> That's just to separate it, so I remember <laughs> I to say like it. Morse you have, I really know You the have, pound you have
5: sign. held something against the Vikings ever since you gave
3: their, your heart to them as the team of ATL.
5: Remember we used to do that? that's that's uh, not and then untrue. They fell apart.
3: But I would say this though, because something seems to systematically eerie with the Vikings because Kevin Stefanski, their offensive coordinator, was someone that was getting a ton of buzz around the league and got a head coaching interview or two. The Browns were very serious about him potentially being their head coach, and analytics guys loved him and all this other business. They bring in Gary Kubiak, but I feel like that was to quell to some degree Mike Zimmer, who for two years in a row cannot get by behind an offense that is actually modernized. It is run first, and that's great when you're in a situation where Dalvin Cook is going to run the ball crazy. I know the offensive line stinks, but I look at the Vikings as a confused operation. What is it they are on offense? Mm. And if they ever... The Giants are not a very good defense, obviously, but they looked better last week. I know who they were playing. Oh, that's the I do not. I know who they're playing, but I'm not just going to simply... Like, it was a step forward. And Saquon Barkley or not Wayne Gallman played okay. They did not totally... They were not dead on the ground. This is a frisky Giants team. I, I'm scared if this is a If you're a Vikings just, fan, this is a freaky I'm stunned. game.
1: The, it's the sample size, and that's why the Diggs wants out thing really was like, what? Uh, he's had issues for a while. Well, okay. it's, but he's let, me, signed, just say, let me just say, okay, week one... Week one versus Atlanta, they ran the ball very well. 28 points to put up, easy win. Week three against the Raiders, rocking chair game, 34-14. Everything looked good. They've had two rocky games in between, but to act like this is some team that is in total crisis, I need to see more. Their offensive line is in crisis. I just need to see more. They are
4: well above five hundred since Diggs got there. They pay their players well. I mean, what is the problem? He signed a deal last summer. For forty million guaranteed, you're there, dude. Stay there, and you know I, I went to coach's film to watch this game because there's so much talk about Cousins. You know, play a little duck hunter on coach's film. Whoever pops open, you you shoot the duck. <laughs> there aren't many ducks open in this game. I, they're just, and there aren't that many plays. They're running a lot of screens. They're calling run plays. What do you want Kirk Cousins to do on those plays? There's That's,
5: there's you know. like a backstory here where, you know, Zimmer's. Taking little shots at Digs over the years, he once said they kind of have like you know a bunch of team guys and one celebrity. That was a couple of years ago. So don't sign that big contract. They, they called it. Well, they had a different offense back then. You're right. I'm not defending. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to explain for context. Like he missed some OTAs this off season, and then um, their tight end. You call them out maybe for not being there. There's been talk like yeah, I don't. I want to be there for my teammates when Diggs missed some OTA stuff. So it's been it's been boiling there for a little while, and yet I'm not really that worried about it. Sometimes a little. It feels like a squeaky wheel gets the grease game and they do go bombs away on this Giants. it does i can and see I, that
4: and when and no matter how frisky you think the giants defense is now when you're going from the chicago bears who looked like they broke the vikings last week to the new york giants this is going to feel like open prairie they're not the fri- i think
3: their offense is, fr- is frisky right their yeah. defense is
4: bad they just played a preseason offense last but their week. front
5: is okay at stopping the run they're really big i mean they're the only team that has like a 290 pound defensive end trying to Press the passer, which does not work. Uh, so this is a game you should be throwing the ball, not doing the Zimmer plan. And so I'm a little worried about that. But I think the Vikings' defense is solid. I think Danny Dimes is fun to watch; makes quick decisions. He's calm, but he's going to give both teams a chance here. I mean, we yes. sort of over, you know, looked the fact that he could have thrown four first-half interceptions uh, a week ago. And this is a tough matchup. They had 11 drives, and they scored 17 points against the Redskins defense. That's not too impressive. And uh, that's why I'm going to lock up the Vikings on the road.
4: I like that. I like it. Solid lock. We'll see.
5: I mean, you guys had me worried. The things, the things are falling. <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, Dan, Where you Minnesota know why you should right now, why
3: you should wait on the Vikings and then not wait and then wait and then not wait and then wait and then not wait? They're an 8-8 eight and eight team. And they're going to do this all season long. They're going to be hanging around Maybe. for a long time. But they're not an eleven and five team. If they ever achieve that kind of a record, it's fraudulent. I'm,
1: uh, I'm not ready to give up on them. I know you're not. Why would it be I, fraudulent if they went eleven and five?
3: I'm just saying it won't be. What, you get eleven and five teams that are not eleven win teams. They had like if they can sight over-
5: unseen, he I, says them going nine and three the rest of the way will be just luck. It,
3: well, I just think that the offensive line stuff going on is not something you fix, necessarily fix I guess my point weeks.
1: is like it's four games, so the idea that no team can make adjustments, can improve, I, I think that this is this is still a team that could pull things together as long as it doesn't crumble from within. My biggest concern is not so much the slow start, it's all this potentially anti-Kirk Cousins stuff behind the scenes with their star-wide receivers and how that can implode a locker room. It's
5: bad. And they... I mean the whole thing that like Kirk Cousins has a podcast and, Kirk get, and get was, off the like, air He was apologizing to Thielen on the podcast I don't know Kirk the, the That's whole, not what I want for my quarterback The Kirk. whole Kirk Cousins thing from day one I think part Same of the reason February Kirk Part of the reason why people have picked on Kirk I think is because he feels like the type of leader Who's always reading books about how to
4: be a leader mm.
1: I think You know what I mean? A, I think that's a fair criticism That's not unfair
4: that's fair, dog. Hates, and he's playing timid. And football players don't like timid.
1: Wes, this is a this is a great Mr. Irrelevant game. There's nothing irrelevant about this game. This is the game close I close it wanted. out.
4: I wanted this like eight picks ago. Close it out. We got a Midwest game. What a wacky it's draft. Natural grass. Yes. Uh the Buffalo B- the Titans aren't pulling me back in yet. It's gonna take a long time. But the Bills never lost to me. Wait, this is a Midwest Titans game? Titans are in the
3: Midwest? <laughs> Do you know where Nashville is? I mean, I, get, I hear what you're saying, but Wait, I've never the, heard that.
1: Nashville's mid- the Midwest, too? No. I can't no. take this right anymore. right in the heart of the country. No, this is getting ridiculous now.
3: I just but
5: view
4: it as the, the, the fr- I hear what you're saying. Nashville's like, the South. It's, it's it's right in the middle of the country. It's in no, the Midwest.
1: <laughs> Nashville. Mid, the word,
4: Look at a map, Greg. No. Here
5: Here's the thing about the Midwest. <laughs> it has two parts to it. It's got the mid. You could argue that in some ways. It's like middle, upper, down. But then there there's the West. And it's in
4: the <laughs> eastern time zone. So it does not have, it does not qualify for the western portion of the Frank, Midwest. There is only a west where the mountains start and the geography changes. That's the western part of the United States. That's some uh, East is Coast no, bias BS. There is right no, there. no,
3: like, Iowa is west. west. No, it's just Here's Midwest. the problem. The, you, the Census Bureau disagrees with you. But well, I, I understand that you... Census. I know you don't care. Look at I'm the geography of America. You. I'm just throwing look that out you. Look ladies, how it's made.
2: Ladies, let's just take a second here. And let's just mark. That's good. Argument. Let's just breathe for a second, right? Okay. Everybody, West, take it in.
5: I mean, it's just a ridiculous statement by West. <laughs> is it? Okay, we, this is the weirdest hot take I've ever seen. It's not
4: even a hot take. You wanna Look die at in the
5: that map. Mountain? Nashville is the West Mountain. Here's the map. <laughs> I mean, it's much closer to the East than it is to the West.
4: It's further west
5: than <laughs> right. Cincinnati, which okay. I grew up As in. As host, has the I mid-west. need to get us
1: back on track here. We got all the maps out. Uh, this is this is outrageous. You think you think Titans? Uh, you think Titans? Bills is going to top this argument? Forget right. it. Bills in Tornado Alley. Rest my case. At Titans, Titans are back and flying high, Wes, right now. And Taylor Luan's back, uh, uh, but here come the Buffalo Bills.
4: The Buffalo Bills, and Tremaine Edmonds, another guy who has made the leap. Their middle linebacker. I find myself watching him every play now. I still like this defense. I know they're going to be playing. Is Josh Allen playing or not? Is he? He's still in concussion protocol as of I think
5: he's trending so. towards it cuz when the concussion guys are practicing, that usually means they're through step 4 and then they officially pass step 5 Friday afternoon. So I think they're expecting him to play.
4: I think that the unit I trust most in this game is the Buffalo Bills defense. More than the Titans defense. I think they are a better version of the Titans defense.
2: Hmm.
1: I agree, Matt. Bar- if it is Mar- Matt Barkley, and it seems like the reporters are putting things closer to fifty-fifty, I do not like Buffalo's shot. I didn't like what I saw from Matt Bar- Barkley at all, and I know that was a—you want to talk about a tough assignment? Uh, so it's kind of unfair to say, "Oh, well, he came into the middle of a game against arguably the best defense in football." But does he—is he a guy that wins games on the road?
4: No, I think he's a less less athletic Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll throw the ball up. He has, for ERA adjusted stats, he has the second highest interception rate in history behind Nathan Peterman. Right, but he's worse than Josh Allen. Yes, but you know
1: they're Uh not winning. They're not
5: winning. They're not winning through quarterback play as it is. I mean, Josh. I don't think they were the best. You know, the the Patriots defense wasn't the best defense on that field. The Bills defense right now, to me, is better. It it totally shut down a, a vastly superior uh, opposition last Sunday, and there's no weaknesses in that Bills defense.
3: I think, though, it's easy to overlook the Titans defense, which has allowed 20 points only once all year. They absolutely made life a nightmare for Matt Ryan last week. They're getting pressure. They're Every level has talent. They're at home in the Midwest to host the Bills here. So, I, you know, a, a, a Bills offense that even with or without Josh Allen cannot climb out of a deficit with explosive plays. They don't have that in their arsenal. They're going to have to run the ball a ton and run it successfully. I think there's a big advantage for the Titans, and I don't mean that that means that Marcus Mariota and A.J. Brown have to go off, which they seem to do once every third or fourth game. Looks like Devin
5: Singletary will return, uh, which is big because, they, like you said, they need playmakers, although my boy Frank Gore... We don't even talk about him anymore. We just take his greatness for granted. He's been good. Over 15,000 yards, some some big plays last week. And Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde might be, there's some good safety tandems out there this year. But they are up there. Right now, Hyde is ranked number one in PFF. There was a two-play sequence in that Patriots game where Poyer just stuffed Sony Michelle. It was a total one-on-one matchup at the goal line that Michelle probably should have scored on. And Poyer stuffed him. And then the next play, Hyde uh, confuses Tom Brady and picks him off in the end zone. Those two guys have been awesome.
1: I'm watching you, Marcus Mariota. You know, you've had some moments this year so far. You have no turnovers, zero. Your four games, your passer ratings over a hundred. You've had some shiny moments, you've had some not so shiny moments. Well, here's a nice little chance to make a statement, Greg. In your building, against a defense everyone acknowledges is one of the NFL's best. Absolutely, but go what if, make a name. What
5: if it's? I feel like the final score is going to be
1: 13 to 12.
5: Right. No matter who wins. So I don't know what statement that'll <laughs> like be. Like those are it nice. would, that would not be a statement. Okay. Those are pretty
3: yeah. stats for Marcus Mariota, and yet he feels entirely unremarkable and yankable for Ryan Fitz, for Ryan Tannehill at any moment.
4: So he does have those pretty stats. Where do you stand on him, Dan? Since
1: you're monitoring him, i monitor him as like, okay,
3: you know what? I'm I'm
1: watching. I'm watching. I'm not ready to give up. The numbers are good right now. He needs to do it a lot more. Undeniably, the numbers are good. Is he passing the eye test? Is last he, week was is he is exactly, he consistent enough?
5: It was like I don't in know a about nutshell. That. You think you've made this big progress? Lights them up in the first half, and then they don't score after halftime. That's kind of the tight. in a nutshell.
1: Career ranks through four weeks. Uh, number one yards per attempt. Seven touchdowns, no, no interceptions. I mess- message uh, mentioned the passer rating. His passing plus yardage per game. These are all career best ranks. So statistically, he's taking a step so far this season, yet they are two and two with two really good performances and two really bad performances. So it's still, you're kind of in the twilight. You can't
3: throw a pick when you just hold the ball and get sacked.
1: Yeah, that's that's part of it.
3: Career ranks mean something different for Ryan Tannehill than other quarterbacks. He has totals of 19, 13, and 11 touchdowns in other seasons.
1: He has never been a great statistical quarterback. That is for sure. All right. Any other thoughts on this game, Wes, before we move on?
4: No. it. right.
1: Let's hit Sunday night football. Indianapolis Colts uh, traveling to Arrowhead Stadium to meet the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I feel like this is a, a game that Greg is going to be really excited. Now, you're excited about all games, Greg, but this one, I think you, you think Jake Brisket is going to step up and open some eyes here, don't I you? I think it's a great week of games. <laughs> But you're Ooh, you're slice me off a piece of oh, it, Jake
5: <laughs> I mean Raven I mean I'm taking Raven, Steelers, Packers, uh, the Monday night game's amazing. Tampa St. there's a lot of great games, but the Colts right now, you you know something if you look at PFF, it, depending on the scoring system you use, like they have a plus or minus rating. There you are a team that's all right around zero. Like their defense, they're all right around zero. They're not they're all they're not gonna hurt you. They're not helping you that much. They're not putting a lot on the table. They they don't have playmakers on either side of the ball when T.Y. Hilton is hurt. Marlon Mack is a little banged up. Chikoti, T.Y. should be
1: playing today, it looks like, on Sunday.
5: It, so he returned to practice on yes. He returned on to practice, to trending nuts. up which, or- which is huge. And Mack did finish out that game for the most part. or They, they said it wasn't injury-related, so that would give them a chance. Watching the Chiefs any week is exciting, but the, the Colts don't feel like they have a... a a lot of firepower. I still like watching. Like, I like what they're doing, but they're not as fun to watch as I was hoping.
1: I mean, that Raiders... They didn't move out. the ball very well through the air last week, the Colts. There's no doubt about that. A and lot of y- drops. You se- definitely sensed no T.Y. Helton playing a big role in Brissett's struggles. Marlon Mack, 30th-ranked Chiefs defense. He's playing through
3: Hilton an ankle back.
4: injury now. I think he's got a new injury. It's to his ankle.
3: That offense goes through him. I at Kansas City at home on Sunday night... You know, and it's this is two different teams, but we're not that many months removed from Kansas City thumping the Colts big time in the playoffs. It does do they match up well? And, and the Colts you, are
5: worse since. Well, then. no one no one matches up to their to the Chiefs' offense to me, just about not in 2019. And the, that's I guess that was my point. But to my point earlier, sometimes blowouts are fun to watch, and Patrick Mahomes is fun to watch in prime time in just about any game. So it's even if it's not that close. I think it will be fine. I do think the Chiefs defense, despite them being 30th, they're 18th in efficiency. Some of that is, some of that is, you know, there's a lot of possessions. Those games get up. They've played pretty good uh, offensive opponents. I do think they're a little better overall, but Frank Clark's been a huge disappointment. That trade's been a disaster so mm. far. Emmanuel Agba, who they signed for, you know, a fraction of the money, is playing a lot better than Frank Clark is.
4: We just showed that play where Travis Kelsey flipped the ball, hook and ladder style to Shady McCoy. That was awesome. And Marcus Grant said that was like jazz music. And it, it, the Chiefs' offense kind of is like that. It's when you're so fundamentally sound and having so much fun that your mind and body start to go outside and play a while. And you see that with
3: the Chiefs. Wow. They're just like, let's just start playing and having fun. Right, all these teams still in, the, in their preseason in September. The Chiefs were not in a preseason.
1: Mode. I believe that play happened on the final touchdown drive as well, right? That sounds right. I will have to double check that, but th- they, yeah, that shows just the looseness and confidence uh, they play the way they play. That J.D. Offense. by the
5: way, not washed up. He looks fine. I'm not saying he's a game breaker, but he is getting five, slow to Five point three yards per carry. He's he's doing what he needs to do there.
1: All right, let's move to Monday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns two and two uh, after that great win in Baltimore, well, now they hit the road to play the San Francisco 49ers who got that dreaded early bye. But before that early bye, they had won all three of their games, their defense playing really well. And um, Mark Baker Mayfield had his way, and and Nick Chubb uh, had his way with the Ravens defense that is trying to figure themselves out right now. The Niners defense – they, have, they are not trying to figure this, themselves out. This is a good team. This is a great defense and a very fresh team coming off a bye. It's, Challenge. A, t-
3: it's a totally different matchup. And, and Baker Mayfield, you know, after three games of everyone questioning everything about his play and is he actually the guy and is he regressing and can he read defenses, looked better when Baltimore couldn't really put a lot of pressure on him. He's still doing Baker Mayfield things. But now – to me, you got the matchup of Cleveland's offensive line, still, still suspect, against Nick Bosca, D. Ford, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner. You got Quan Alexander in there. On the flip side, Jimmy G has to deal with a Joe Staley free offensive line going against Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi. So I, I think this is one of these games that, barring something out of the ordinary, might be relatively low scoring if these two great defensive lines can keep the offenses in check.
4: The, I, I believe in their, their defensive line, their defensive front, the 49ers, but I think the rest of the team, we don't really know how good they are because they've beaten three teams with a combined 2-8 and eight record, and they've turned the ball over a ton on offense, just haven't paid for it yet. Five yeah. times
5: against the Steelers. Yeah, they're one of those teams that we just have to see more. I mean, we, it's almost true for every team, inclu- including the Browns. Like I didn't, I didn't come out of that game thinking they solved everything because they get four plays. I think that combined for almost three hundred yards, and they were good. You know, they were good individual plays. They have the individual talent to just have a different guy pop off and dominate in any given week, and that's not a bad recipe you know, if they can turn the play calling around, but it wasn't like an in rhythm. Hey, we're just rolling on offense, but the defense is so consistent that you're right. Mark, like I would be shocked if this game gets in the mid twenties. Like, I think this is in the teens. This is a defensive game.
1: Turnover. luck is a funny thing in the NFL and the San Francisco 49ers are the ultimate example. Uh, they have seven turnovers through three games. They had seven all of last season, and their defense is playing better this year, but a lot of that is just the way the ball bounces sometimes. That's something to keep in mind, uh, that they've had a nose for the ball, because that seems strangely to also then carry over as the season goes on. Uh, the other part of the game for them is their running game, which they have two guys in Breida and Raheem, um, who are over five yards of carry. Breida, five and a half yards. Uh, mostard is that how you say it?
3: Right. Yeah, yes. I mean, they were beating up the He's Steelers almost six yards a down carry. the stretch in that last and game. And
1: they are ranked, they entered week four uh, when they hit their by ranked fourth in the league in rushing. So they can run the football, the defense can get after it, and it's just a no matter of then is, is Jimmy G going to continue to make progress. If that happens, so this team can hang fantastic, in the West. Fantastic, fantastic matchup. What a great Monday night game.
5: Two teams that are have, are, have a lot of little stars, have good, you know, Intrigue and you don't really know about Tevin Coleman's returning, so I think Antonio two, Callaway. He'll get into that running back mix. Callaway, two good. quarterbacks who kind of had, have had similar ish seasons. I mean Bakery I think's played better, but you know, where they're not necessarily processing super. Well quickly, you could say it's the most plays.
3: hyped quarterback of two off seasons ago right. in Jimmy G versus the most hyped quarterback of p- this past season
1: and, Odell, and we'll
3: all be on airplanes.
1: One last, oh, that is annoying. One last note that Odell Beckham, who did not have a big role in last week's game, uh primetime game. Is this a perfect spot for him to blow up or is it a game where he kind of disappears a little bit Would that start to become a storyline? If Beckham is not a part of this offense, Well, does he get disenfranchised? He's getting double teamed something?
3: nonstop. So.
4: Jarvis Landry's in concussion protocol as of Thursday. So they might need Odell to play a mm. bigger role regardless.
1: All right. Good stuff. All right. A little later tonight, Thursday, you'll hear, uh, as I said earlier, the Thursday night recap. And then Sunday, we'll be back recapping all the games we just previewed. How about that? It's just the wheel. The wheel goes round and round. Ricky, uh, I'm, I'm on the fence right now about whether we want to continue with you doing the personal snake sound drops or if we want to have something proper in there that shows some, you know, Dedication to the craft and all that.
2: I mean, yeah, I can try to download another drop if you didn't like the one that I originally It's not that pulled. I didn't
1: like it. It's a principal thing, maybe. What do you guys think?
3: I mean, it was what I... Uh, upside, it was a little different each time because you were doing it on the spot, and I thought that she did an adequate... We could have gotten someone in this doing a wrong type well, of... Well, isn't Eddie, Eddie
5: Spaghetti's producing our podcast when we get back from London, so we could give him a shot at doing, the, the the snake, chair, the snake, doing the snake... In the big chair, doing the
1: snake... Snake Sound. Snake Sound.
2: Yeah. Snake sound. Um like I, if like I said, shine. you guys, I really appreciate the, the, the you know, positive criticism. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately I'm I can only do what I'm given with our or with our library. So constructive that, criticism. Yeah, I appreciate it.
1: Um, I would've called
2: positive. Well you know. We love you. I'm from the Midwest, so I don't, I don't know the difference.
1: Wes, one of your low moments in the history of the show? Ever.
4: It, please. How is it that I grew up in Cincinnati, the whole, whole state of Ohio defines itself as Midwest, Nashville is more Western than Cincinnati, and yet you're telling me it's too far East? Here, this feels like something we should ask the people from Nashville. They should decide.
3: Well, of course they're going to um, claim South. The Census Bureau is telling you. I don't care about the census well, they you're are an official organization. do they factor you a in government geography? man,
1: you work for the post office, you respect the government
3: no. you have you in seen zip our
4: government lately? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got it before we sign off one moment. I
5: mean, you're telling that you yeah, the the bright, happy people from Nashville that you know better for them than they first know first of them all, themselves. you
4: haven't even heard from them yet. They're going to claim the South because of everything about the heritage and, oh, we lost the Civil War, but we still like to think we're from the South and all that stuff. But they're in Tornado Alley. They're right there in the Midwest.
3: Um, That's a different geographic location. That's Tornado Alley. We're not talking about – Tornado
1: Alley is in the Midwest. Program note. Uh, Cool note for the youth and flag football enthusiasts out there. Reigning champs named official operator of NFL flag. Does anybody know what that means?
2: I
3: saw that email. There's a really
2: cool graphic. The NFL is named reigning champs official operating partner of NFL flag beginning oh. in January of 2020. Pretty cool. There you go. Thanks, guys.
3: <laughs> Something to look forward to. What is Raining champs? It's the name of the company. It's the name of the company, I guess.
5: Yeah, I guess, but I feel like that announcement assumes that you not know US. what that means. Well, oh. Well, apparently we're all going to be fired for blowing okay. this. No, it was, no it's me.
1: a cool thing. So congratulations to reigning champs. All right. <laughs> uh, Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood, Jason Kleiman back behind the glass. For one show only and everybody else. Thank you, guys. Till Sunday night.
3: This is true.
0: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call one 800 gambler twenty four seven, or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them.